0: You can't save us. We don't wanna be safe. 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 Can't save us. We don't wanna be saved.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of White People Won't Save You. This is the podcast where we deconstruct these white savior films and recontextualize them through a Black and POC lens. I'm one of your hosts, Jordan Clark, and I'm the other one, Cameron Mason, and we're doing our end of year wrap up. Woo!
0: It's, uh, we made it,
1: oh, man. 2022, I, it's it flew by very It fast. really did. <laughs> like in trying to research some of the stuff for this year, I was just like, "What year did any of these things happen?" <laughs> <laughs> I don't
0: remember. It's all right we're we're all getting through it together,
1: yeah, but we've we've got our list of culture to talk about this year, from books to film to music to just uh general cultural events that happened uh with <laughs> black people and people of color in general
0: and, uh, uh would be the yeah, proper term, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's a wide, it's a wide varying thing. Yeah, like I'm, I'm not even sure really where you want to start, Cameron, because uh, there's a lot of, a lot of different stuff to talk about.
0: Um, I, I wish I could say start in January, but I don't, no, I don't, I don't think we will. <laughs> I don't remember it either.
1: It was a um, long time
0: ago. That was so long ago. Um, well, how about figured, we start?
1: Let's start with with this show.
0: Let's yeah, start with, us. Let, Let's start with what us.
1: <laughs> the most important part. Let's start with us. Um. Yeah, it's been, we we had a good year, I would I say. I think we, we had were, a pretty yeah, good year. Yeah. We, we talked to a lot of great guests, great people, um, you know, talked to our new friend Elaine, Elaine
0: Shea Chow. Who um, was so awesome, came out to the yeah. birthday party, shout mm-hmm. out Elaine. Uh, we talked to Robert Jones Jr., we talked to... Uh, what a uh, conversation that was, that was yeah. pretty awesome.
1: Basi Ipke, we talked to Roy Roy Jr. We talked to Roy Wood Jr. We, we, talked talked Roy Wood Jr. We, we got him before he
0: inherited The Daily Show, possibly, allegedly. We'll see. I'm we'll still see.
1: curious about what that's going to end up being like. I guess we could talk about that in our TV oh, yeah, section. Sure. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think your boys did pretty good. You know. Yeah, uh, I think we came out <laughs> on top. That's what um, I'm saying. Did you have... Was was there any favorite episodes from this year or things that you're trying you... to actually?
0: You know what? I, you might have to cut this down because I have to actually look. Yeah. I, w- we're, you know, we're working really hard. We're very in the moment <laughs> as this podcast yeah. goes, you know? So these episodes come and go, but they are fully lived in in the moment. Yeah. I would was, love to say. Was there a movie that you're just like, God damn. You know what? I think the goddamn one, I think it's your goddamn one too. Is the cricket stance. Oh my god. I didn't think we were gonna <laughs> fucking get there. I, I can I tell you that this was our um our uh uh white man's burden this year. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> like like just yeah. a movie I just didn't believe existed and didn't believe we were capable yeah. of in this year of our yeah. Lord 2022.
1: It was it was one that I think there is really no equivalent to you know in terms of like movies that we've watched just because not only was it one that who knew that existed you know what i mean like it wasn't one of the like oscar nominated or even just like widely circulated because even something like karen which unfortunately
0: a a black person made uh i know i know that discovery talk about the biggest disappointment of 2022 (laughs) to find out that 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 was us
1: that's us (laughs) And I watched it and it was something. Um, but I think, you know, even something like that, that gained kind of like a viral, you know, moment where it was like, whoa, look at this crazy thing. Like Cricket Sands wasn't even like, it was nobody was talking about it uh, until yeah, we Alexis, were all minding yeah, our own
0: business as we tend to do.
1: Right. You know. Uh, and then Alexis was like, anybody seen this shit? <laughs> it was like, whoa. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, I mean that's that's definitely one that I don't know if I'll ever be able to one properly scrub from my memory. Uh, yeah, because you can't you can't unsee the cricket stance when he picked up those chains.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just leave it at that. It, that's the know. review. <laughs> when he picked up them chains, like
1: everything about it was just like, man, this movie couldn't be more product of a white person's imagination and <laughs> like
0: <laughs> it's like so it, it, it's so obviously like i dreamt it and i manifested it yes but no one said it was good along the way no um
1: yeah i mean i also really i enjoyed uh talking to our friends at, at uke Horar, uh Serpent oh that was so fun that was fun um i enjoyed talking about soul man with with karen and winter from Uh, because that i was was just
0: i just reached that one and i was like something yeah
1: that was that was like if it was a movie we watched if it wasn't for cricket's dance that might have been the one that i was just like the fuck is going on here because this is that (laughs) shit beyond just being generally unbelievable again you can't tell me and we've we've seen we saw two james earl jones movies this year which is something that i thought was gonna happen (laughs) (laughs) I didn't think he was going to be here twice, but... uh... Can can we
0: talk about some of the repeat offenders this year that just, like, came out of the woodwork? (laughs) Your boy, Jim, just... Jim is living here. Uh... (laughs) He exists here. (laughs) This is his mode. He functions here.
1: Yeah, well, it's like, I think, you know, one of the things about this show that... Maybe this is something we could kind of get into more... Either uh, when we get the Patreon coming up, somebody emailed us about the Patreon today. Oh yeah, asking where, where is that? What's what's up with that? Okay, uh, yeah, so, keep
0: coming with that energy because yeah. we will make it. We <laughs> we swear it's coming.
1: It's coming soon. But I think the, just the idea that you know these these movies do often still get our best. Like it's still a oh, a, yeah. a, a ground of even um, it's not a white savior show, although there are problematic elements of it. But Woodson Duke was was tweeting about. Well, somebody tweeted at him about seeing him on Law & Order SVU. Um, Mm -hmm. And he was like, yeah, you know, that was like the thing that got me, you know, my my SAG accreditation and like, you know, was like the building blocks to other people seeing me and like, you know, being Mm -hmm. put out there. And then there was a whole, you know, rundown of like, you know, Chadwick was on SVU and uh, there was a few other people that I didn't even know they were in episode. I think Anthony Mackie was like a... A lawyer on a law and order one time so i think yeah i feel
0: like it's like new york actor uh you know grad school once you get out then you get in you know right
1: right and so like even that where it's just like we everybody starts somewhere and i think these movies are kind of the things that you know this is what you kind of have to do unfortunately in some respect because there's still i mean more and more roles are being created more and more opportunities are being created, which is great. Mm-hmm. But even with all the all the ground that's been made over the years, there's still kinda these movies are still being made. Right. Right? Oh and, yeah. And we are a requirement of that, right? <laughs> like you need us. <laughs> you need us
0: in order to produce the story.
1: Right. And so somebody's gonna do it. Right. And even when we right. talked about another movie that I was just like, God damn. I, I asked for Gods of Egypt and then we got
0: it, and I was like I was that about was. to bring up your boy again. <laughs> but, repeat offender this year.
1: But Chadwick said expressly that, "Yep, I I made I was in Gods of Egypt because one somebody was going to have to be in it. Somebody and
0: like, it might well. He said it might as well be me, right?
1: Yeah, it might as well be me. And like if we're gonna if the, if a black person is actually going to portray an, an Egyptian god, let me Google do it in maybe. a way that's like not going to be." total buffoonery you know what i mean like if, <laughs> if, if we're gonna see ourselves on screen let me you know and that was his whole deal i mean even we did jackie robinson we did 42 we did like, 42 you know none of these things there's there's rarely ever a situation where i'm just kind of like all right you know what i mean like you're kind of complicit in this in a way that's like it's your fault making me you know <laughs> uncomfortable right like more more often than not it's like these are just the roles you know as an actor
0: I mean, that's you also eat, you know? very indicative of the industry, you know, yeah. we're talking about. I mean, we're going to be talking about this industry for the next couple hours. So, yeah. like, <laughs> strap in pretty much. But yeah. we know what it is, right? right? These guys want to tell our stories repeatedly. We're not in a place necessarily or we're still on that upward trajectory of being able to be the ones to tell our stories. Yeah. To write, produce, and direct our stories. I mean, it's still a weird... Wonky world out there, you know, you still have, like, people who want to make Green Book, but then, you know, turn around, I found out two white women wrote one of the blackest movies of the year, The Woman King. Yeah. So... These things—it's—it's it's a murky world out there, guys. For sure, and we're here to help you navigate it.
1: <laughs> we're doing our best. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, I, I want to thank everybody just for listening. You know, this year, I yes. think we we definitely couldn't do the show without you. We do it for you, um, right? And we always appreciate not even just people interacting with us, which we love. You know, emails and and tweets and all that stuff. Uh, but you know, we don't necessarily come in each week thinking like yeah like this is gonna be on that rock star know, energy yeah this is the moment where like everybody's gonna tune in and like you know listen to our thoughts and, and all that we stuff, literally you know. start
0: every episode by playing Playboy cardi a lot of red <laughs> just top volume straight through and we just get ourselves hyped and because we're we those niggas because <laughs> we them we them boys <laughs> but it you know it
1: definitely helps you know to know that not even just people are listening, but people are are taking the conversations that we have and then you know having their own conversations, right? Uh, continuing with it. So yeah, thank you, thank you. Just just a thank you off top uh, for everybody who's who's listened to us this year. <laughs> we um, we love you guys. Well, let's let's start getting into some of this this culture stuff. I think maybe you wanted yeah. to start with books, comics,
0: yeah, et cetera. I'm I'm gonna leave this to you because oh, I wow. Read one book this year, and I didn't read it because I didn't finish it. Oh. My copy of Octavia Butler's Kindred is still yeah. in my backpack, being just waiting to be finished. So, okay. uh, one day I will get there, and then I might even get to watch the FX series.
1: Okay. Well.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Let's see. Let's see what I got. I don't know if I have anything like super new. There's a couple of books that I will recommend yeah. um, that are... I'm just going to make sure that all of these books are from this year because sometimes I'm like, yeah, that was current, right? No, that was from not even like five years ago. But, um, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, yeah, that was from last year, even though right. um, I was thinking it was this year. <clears throat> so, I mean, obviously we could start with Elaine. Elaine Che Chow who wrote Disorientation. Uh, that book came out in March of this year. Definitely a book you should read, not only because it's being adapted into a show on Apple Plus, um, but because it is a book that I think does, uh, does a lot of the things we do on this show in a book. (laughs) Yeah. It is kind of like she was very much so deconstructing the white gaze, you know, and how it kind of, um, Mm -hmm. is often presented in media, um, and how we often see ourselves, you know, through that, through that lens. And And how how we're uh, forced to navigate
0: the world through that lens. yeah, Yeah,
1: for sure. And, um, I think it, it, it is one of the few... It's very tricky to do humor, but even more so satire, you know, in a novel. Because mm-hmm. I think oftentimes what happens is, like, things get a little bit too, maybe not wacky, but definitely, like, cute, I guess yeah. might be the word, where at a certain point you're just kind of like, I don't know if this is even funny anymore. Right. Like these it doesn't are just...
0: necessarily bring us funny, but... Yeah, They want to be funny more so than they want to attack the issue.
1: Yeah, and so it, it kind of turns into something where you're just like, I don't know if this is necessarily what was being advertised. Uh, but <laughs> Elaine's book is, is definitely that. It's definitely a, a, an incredible book that I feel like hopefully a lot. I mean, you know, it, it got a lot of praise. I didn't see it on some of these end-of-year lists, which I think it definitely should be because it's, it's a book that I think is – Doing something that I wish we saw more of, which is kind of just like allowing us to be wacky in ways that, you know, like minorities often don't get to be, you know, like it's either like right. this is this is this book is it's about racism. So it's serious, you know, like right. it has to be a we have to have a serious conversation Uh because we're talking about a serious topic instead of just like, look at how absurd and crazy this is. <laughs> you know I mean? like, <laughs> which look at is what we're doing in
0: real time, y'all. By the yeah.
1: Way. So. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. Um, another book that came out this year, "Patriarchy Blues: Reflection on, uh, Reflections on Manhood" by uh, Frederick Joseph, which is a series of memoir or not series of memoir, series of essays um, by Frederick Joseph. Who a lot of people you might know him from Twitter, because uh, mm. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. out of here on these Twitter streets. Exactly. And um, it, you know, it was a really interesting. book. I read it. I read it in conjunction with like a couple of other books. Uh, specifically, Casey Lehman's "Heavy," um, which was another Ooh. just kind of like, yeah, like you know, was that good? Oh, it was great! It's incredible. Um, okay. okay, and I think it's it's something that you know when we when we talk about all of these different facets of of what it means, you know, to to liberate ourselves and free ourselves. I think you know patriarchy is definitely one of the central themes and topics and like we'll get into this in just a little bit when we talk about the news of the year and black men fucking up uh but i think the manosphere patri- yeah. is getting uh, hot yeah it's getting, pa-
0: it's getting hot in there
1: patriarchy is definitely something that i think is instilled in us from a young age but also like still moves us in invisible ways where we're not mm. necessarily always cognizant of you know why we're making decisions or like what's happening around us and Mm -hmm. i think this book does a good job of kind of zeroing in on some of that stuff um and and talking about his own personal experiences but also you know just kind of reflecting on what was going on because it's it's weird to read books now where it's just like and then the pandemic happened and i'm just like oh yeah like that yeah
0: that was happening right now (laughs) (laughs) i feel like yeah we're still we're still coming out of that world where pandemic art is still coming out.
1: Yeah, art and that like
0: people made during that pandemic is still like being tweaked and tossed and turned, and now we're finally getting it.
1: Yeah, I've read a couple of books recently <laughs> that have kind of been written either at the, the very beginning or you know, kind of in conjunction with uh, you know the the pandemic, and it is kind of just like a weird like disorientation. Like some people are kind of like. Maybe not into it, but like appreciative of maybe the opportunity to reflect in real time, mm-hmm. you know, about things mm-hmm. that are happening. But like, I'm I can go back and forth. Some things are kind of like, man, I don't know, Doug. Like the um <laughs> the movie that Chiwetel Ejiofor and uh, ooh, what's her name? Um, you remember a movie I'm talking about? It like it came out basically at the start of the pandemic. It was made during the pandemic, and it was like shot in a couple of weeks. Oh, the, the Anne Hathaway movie. And Hathaway, and she would oh, tell "Yeah, yeah Or it's, it's just like we're going to pull off a heist, like during the. You know, the kind of pandemic. Like, I don't know if that's good. <laughs> yeah, I watched <laughs> it. I watched it. It, it was a, a fine movie, but it just fine, was yeah. like, yeah, I don't know if it was. I don't know. We didn't need it. Yeah. Yeah. How
0: about that? How about that's the truth. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe
1: they. I mean, I'm glad they got paid, but it was also kind of like a weird, like, I don't know. And
0: and you know, get to live in their houses for another year. So Mm, yeah, for sure. Shout out them, I guess.
1: Um. Yeah. There's a lot of other books that I think you know are definitely worth people's time. I didn't read as many books from this year as I would have liked, but um, I guess I'll also recommend if we're talking about comics. Uh, there's a book that came out this year called The Many Deaths of Layla Star by Rom V, which is uh, like a it's a great graphic novel um, but it's also you know a, a example of what comics are capable of as a medium just because it really takes advantage of not only the comic book form but it, it's very reminiscent of you know if people watched Sandman and enjoyed Sandman it has a similar aesthetic to that because it's mm-hmm. about death. You know, the, the physical embodiment of death, um, you know, and like her just like, reincarnating multiple times uh, and, and having this encounter with the man that will eventually like end death as a concept. Um, and so like it's it's a very it's a heady book, but it's also like a very beautifully written and illustrated book uh, okay. that I would recommend people check out. So and also cool. I'd be remiss if I didn't shout out, shout out Milestone. We're in the hoodie right now. Hey, uh, shout out yes. to to the Milestone Initiative, DC Comics. Right. Um, you know everything that Milestone put out this year, whether it was uh, hardware, whether it was Icon and Rocket, whether it was Static Shock, whether it was the new release of Blood Syndicate. Um, I would definitely recommend checking out all the Milestone comics by the fine people at DC Comics. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so look for those. I think all of the initial wave, everything was under the umbrella of season one. So I think all the season one books are out now. Uh, so if you're looking for those, definitely check those out. Uh, so that's that would be funny. my my book roundup for this year. I read a lot of great books. Not all of them were by people of color. Not all of them were from this year. But uh, that's right. You know, if, if you're reading, like, there's definitely some some great stuff out there to check out.
0: Well, from there, I think we could go to um, music. Like oh, we listen ahead. to we listen to a good amount of music. I would there's think. A lot right. Of stuff.
1: I'll let you. I'll let you take the lead and start out because i'm interested to see what made some of your time you don't have to go through literally everything but like uh just some of the things that stood out to you specifically
0: because i'll work on it yeah trust me uh i won't give you the list today but the list is coming out on my twitter Hmm. uh that's what unemployed niggas get to do is tap in in. so you know uh but we're gonna we're gonna start uh with some songs and albums that I really liked. I think we can get uh the big one out of the way, guys. Beyoncé's Renaissance mm-hmm. took over this year. We didn't have a choice. Um mm-hmm. we don't have visuals yet, but boy did we what get Where are the visuals. Album. We don't we're not going to get them. We're not going <laughs> to get them until 2020 late 2023 and they're going to be nominated for an Oscar. That's why she's holding out, you know. What if the visuals are just part of her will?
1: <laughs> it's just like... She's gotta break the internet again somehow. Like she's
0: gotta she's already done the surprise album release, she's already done the yeah. surprise movie release. Now she right. gotta just like bequeath something to us, I guess. <laughs> I, I I think that's the next step, right? We're right. we're owed something, I guess. Right. I don't know. Uh but the Queen put out I think I think we can all say it was easily the best album of the year, and maybe and this is my opinion, maybe the best album of beyonce's discography, yeah, uh, I would at least say like the most accessible for sure. I am which is funny because she already makes like very accessible music, but I yeah. feel like this one is just like get your butts moving. I'll put myself the out
1: there and say that I I appreciate beyonce, right like i, 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 I know I what this I know this what, she, is going. what she brings <laughs> to the table. I've never found her specifically to be the best at any particular yeah. thing. Like, I don't think she's the best singer. I think she's a good singer.
0: No, I think she's very good.
1: Uh, but I don't think she's a better singer than, you know, a lot of people out there. I don't think she's the best dancer. I think she's a very good dancer. Yeah, I think but she's I very think there, good. There are other people who are probably maybe not, like, better in a, in a way that um, is, like, makes her look bad. But, right. you know, I mean, like, they are probably better in some technical aspects i think you know she's she is she is herself self-professed not necessarily a songwriter you know what i mean she sources a right. lot of ideas from people which isn't you know i mean that was the motown system they weren't writing their songs right. you know what i mean so it's not like she's doing no, anything not else. even
0: shade to the system yeah. yeah not even shade to the yeah the, the method
1: but, but there are legitimate songwriters out there people who write all of their own material and arrange all their own material and all that stuff but what she is is Probably a the best, all around entertainer performer, you know of 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 definitely our generation. You know what I mean? Like nobody does Beyonce. You know, I mean people who can sing really well can't dance like she can. Like they can't entertain like she can. Like she has very much so turned herself into culture. Right? Like there is.
0: Yeah, I think she's. I think she's a curator. Yes, or Um, an ex an expert curator. Whereas, like, the movies, or I'll say the film pieces, the visual pieces, are always, like, this cavalcade of references, almost. Mm -hmm. They're just, like, pulling from this thing, pulling from that thing. Like, whatever she saw over the last year, whether it be, like, Daughters of the Dust or, like, Juice, or maybe it's, like, she got really into Afrobeat or whatever it may be, right? And then we get a piece of that in the songs. And I think this renaissance, at least, was, like, the best version of, like, she had a probably a year not off, but like a year of mm-hmm. just like listening and taking in uh, reference points, and then yeah. like regurgitating them in in this record. And like, I think this is the best version of that kind of product that she's been creating for the past. Like, I would say since the self titled album, this is yeah. like this is the mode she's in. You know, not just like a regular pop artist, more so just like
1: mm-hmm. you know, I,
0: I'm I am a uh, a siphon filter. Through which, yeah, black culture can be, you know, reiterated to you. Yeah,
1: I, I think this is the first Beyonce album that I've listened to from start to finish, and like, yeah, immediately said I want to listen to that. Like again, like right again. now, like I want to start, <laughs> start it over again. Like I, like Lemonade is great, you know, and sure. like I think she's done a lot of great things. It's not to say that she is not for me in a way we'll talk we'll talk about SZA in a minute because I think SZA is is I love SZA too but SZA is definitely making she's not making music for me you know what I mean like I'm not the target SZA audience and so like certain songs I'm just kind of like I'm not fucking a nigga on the side (laughs) you know and like complicated yeah, you, about you them. are the problem in songs. <laughs> so you know it's not even that i can't relate to the idea of like a complicated romantic relationship but it's just kind of like the way that she's talking about things i've never been in that situation like i right. don't what
0: is what certain I also don't wanna, have yeah i don't want to put myself in situations that make <laughs> me like oh that's like that scissor song oh my life is fucked up oh my life has problems that i need to address <laughs>
1: But I think yeah, like Beyonce has always been. I think as she's going along, it's it's been an interesting ride to watch her. One, I mean, make a conscious decision to. I mean, it wasn't like she was hiding the fact that she was black, but it's like the SNL skit where white people are like, "Oh, she's black, black. She's black. She's She's real black." (laughs) Yeah, and not even in a way that some people you know might look at it and call it performative or you know something like that. But I definitely think that she is intentional about, you know, because she is right. Like she right. is, I think everything like, she does is very, I, I think is, she's like, like the most
0: intentional maybe yeah. artist that we have right now. I don't think anybody else puts like that much forethought into their records like Beyonce, or their, or even their, on the indie side, honestly. Yeah.
1: Or their image or everything. Or yeah, their I mean, image. Because, or like, she full is, self-image, yeah. Yeah, she is, like I said, she is a brand. She is culture and the, the things mm-hmm. that she decides to do, decides to talk about, decides to highlight, I think definitely move the needle in terms of, you know, where people's attention goes and, um, you know, the things that people are talking about. So if Beyonce's out here doing things, talking about things, you know, spreading an important, you know, talking point about things, and I think people are going to pay attention to that, and she doesn't have to do anything. Right. You know what oh, I mean? Beyoncé read...
0: Like she read fant Fanon? Van, oh, right, shit. Do I got <laughs> of the Earth time, girls!
1: And even, <laughs> like... I don't know if you've seen this. I mean, this is, like, slight sequitur from the book uh, conversation, but one of my favorite cultural things from this year has been... Uh, like, people making fun of but also just the curiosity of lebron james's constant <laughs> lying about things for no reason like he's not lying about it because it's like uh he's got caught in something and he has to like make it up it's just kind of like you know he's in the it's and it's and it's on like his own platforms like you know like people right. are asking about stuff so like the- example is he brought the autobiography of Michael Max. I was going to, to say this exact thing. That's,
0: I love it. <laughs> to a press I conference. love it. Yeah,
1: And the reporter not even pressing him or not even like they just not saw him. He, he had the book. They were just like, oh, I see you're reading this book. Like, you know, what, what's, what's been some of your biggest takeaways so far? And he was just like, well, you know, I'm only a couple pages
0: <laughs> I started the book. Yeah. My man had his thumb on the table. <laughs> contest talk about is really strong work. It's just really <laughs> high. It's, it, it makes me, it highlights, you know, a strong person. Just, just like, shut up. No one asked you to do this. He, LeBron Lion is like, <laughs> Your middle school age kid who did something wrong, but don't want to like confess yeah. out to it because yeah. they don't know whether or not they will get in trouble for it. Or not. I love it. It's like no one asked you to lie. You don't. You literally don't even have to bring that book. You could just say like, "I read the autobiography last year." Yeah, very cool, bro. Like no one's going. No one's going to come for you.
1: You could have somebody read the book for you and tell you like the pertinent talking points,
0: and like nobody would question it. You have you have LeBron. You have people read you stuff. Money, nigga. If you paid me a decent amount, I would read you the autobiography to in your ears well, while you work out or the, practice or whatever. There's also that
1: audiobooks. Like you literally could just listen to the book, dog. Like it's not you know
0: no shit. As told to you by Alex Haley. <laughs> so come
1: on, bro. Yeah, but I, I, it's the LeBron same LeBron is me
0: because I don't read. That's really what it was. That's really what it is. I, I just won't do that to, to y'all. What you reading, Cam oh it's Kendra's crazy, man. It's, yeah. like, it's a woman and some stuff happening, man. It's, slavery. Woo, Whoa, slavery, boy. dog. It's, I ain't got to the slavery part yet. I mean, I'm I'm getting there. <laughs> <laughs> it's but just I think funny.
1: I think that, you know, going back to Beyonce, I think she is somebody who like she's like you're saying, she is literally pulling from these things and like mm using them in her work, incorporating them into her work. And this very specifically being a callback and spotlight on club music, you know, electronic music, music, house music, but specifically, you know, like the influence of queer black men, you know, Mm -hmm. on the sound. And like Mm -hmm. people have said, you know, like she hasn't really made any public statements on it, but she hasn't said anything outright. Yeah, yeah, alluding to, you know, I think it's her uncle, right, who was mm-hmm. like, um, you know, a, a gay black man who was mm-hmm. there earlier on in her career, you know, wasn't necessarily around later, I think, because of family, personal politics and stuff. But right. um, like, you know, that like her reflecting on that time and like him being a part of her life and like what he meant to her and then, you know, digging deeper into this music and. Uh, you know, the sound of that time and right. bring in, and incorporate it in different ways. Cause I think that's the beauty of the album is that it's not one sound. It's not, let's say, I don't know. I, Drake. Yeah. Drake <laughs> Flame him. He it, deserves it. <laughs> which did it. It was like, what a what a moment right drake releases that album thinking he's gonna flex on people and like and, and it was louded
0: like, it was louded for being a dance record right it was and like then Beyonce's oh just like oh yeah i guess it's time to drop that damn that's crazy because <laughs> <laughs> it's like she like uno reversed him <laughs> like she just like put a, a deck full of uno reverses onto him it was just like what you gonna do about that my nigga like i don't I don't know what you're gonna do about it.
1: <laughs> and meanwhile, he's just like, you know, I don't think people people haven't caught up. Yeah, sort of yet, you know what I mean. You just kind of. <laughs> that think,
0: was yeah. my favorite. He was like, I rolled out the surprise album. You know what? Y'all ain't even ready for it, yeah, nigga. Yeah. We didn't know about it. <laughs> yeah, we didn't care for it, and then we that's didn't why, care you,
1: for it. That's why you had to come back for 21. S-
0: uh, wow, that was and, funny too. Like within five weeks, it hadn't even been like that yeah. long. He was just like, oops, surprise! I'm giving y'all like a fucking. Quick oh quickie album with twenty one savage, your boy. And then that was also like super mid.
1: Well I mean we'll we'll get into that conversation in just a minute, but I think to to kind of finish touching on on Renaissance, I think really
0: what No, the time is due. It's the time is due.
1: (laughs) What what stood out to me, I think, the most about it was that it it was such a such a genuine record too. Mm. Like it wasn't something that she because like, you know whether it's Church Girl, uh, whether it's Thick, uh, one of my favorite tracks. You know, like she is really leaning into it, like leaning into the sound, and like you know it wasn't just like Beyonce does. You, you know, like <laughs> here is
0: Beyonce's take on it. Was like no, I
1: really am embracing this, and like
0: I know. Like she wanted to write a song about it or she wanted yeah. to encapsulate whatever it is. Yeah. Like even to a point where, you know, we get what America has a problem at the end of the record, yeah. which is like the straight up political track. And it's not even that political. It's more yeah. about shaking your ass for, real, for Right, real. right, right. But it, it, it is like, you know, she kind of had a lot to say. She wanted to say a lot. And she yeah. actually took the opportunity to take each track and just be like, OK, this is about this. This is about this mm-hmm. moment. Yeah, and we're going to soundtrack it with this. You know, part of, you know, 90s dance or 2000s yeah. dance or, you know, uh, the house music of the 80s and things yeah. like that. Um, and really, it just became this dynamic work that is like endlessly listenable. Yeah. Like, I think it was the only thing that stayed in my like rotation, like for more than three, four months at a time. Yeah. The only thing that I listened to for like more than three, four months.
1: And it's it's often overlooked. Element of albums, but like the sequencing on
0: it, right? Like the track selection. You know what I mean? I think it might be the best track album of the year too. Like, it just literally goes all. It starts great, and and it's this concerted effort to literally like match BPMs or like you know uh, transition seamlessly between songs. And like what's what's crazy about that specifically, what you brought up is. It's almost sequenced to a point where it feels like an endless listen. Like, you can start mm-hmm. it, you can finish it, and you don't know where the tracks stopped yeah. or started. It kind of feels like a DJ set in essence. Right. sense. Yeah. But if you play them track for track by themselves, they stand completely alone, and yeah. it's, like, scary how... It's almost like the the science on that didn't come back yet. You know, it's yeah. like, how did you do that? I don't you know. know.
1: But, I mean, I think, that again, that's what we talk about just in, in terms of her intentionality,
0: like that. Right. She knew what she was doing, and, and you know, I think that's that what I really want to give credence to for Beyoncé. It's not like yeah. I don't think I—I I don't think she's like a plus best artist alive, you know? Yeah, because uh, I think there's plenty of people who do it better than her. Yeah, um, and, and but do one single thing like like you said earlier, do one single thing better than her. But she's the the you know the um X factor in the sense that she can just do actually all of it, I mean, and she, she does yeah. it well enough that she does it better than most, but just not the best,
1: but whatever. There's only one Beyonce. And even, I mean, you can look at the career trajectory, like many, many, many women were coming for the crown and her spot. And like, some of them are still around, but none of them are close to Beyonce. You know what I mean? Like she's,
0: was it, was it it you I told about the like, um, uh, possible universe where (laughs) the other girl group that made it, uh, was um what is it promises promises? Oh. Uh is that dream? I think so. And then Adrian Bayonne became like the Beyonce <laughs> of, of like Earth 2, that like other dimension.
1: Are you talking about uh Cheetah Girls? Or Cheetah about... Girls, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um I mean who could say, Doug?
0: Like who could the say? Word out there Carrie no Hilson
1: is is <laughs> <laughs> Number one,
0: <laughs> in some other universe, it's possible. All is true. Uh, well,
1: what what was next on your list? Other other albums that hit for you?
0: Well, here's the. I feel like there's there was that side of things, and then the other side of things in the hip hop world. The big you know record that pulled us all together was Kendrick Lamar's "Miss Morel" and the Big Steppers, hey. which is just like again taking all these different pieces of music pieces of you know th- different different eras of music honestly because before we even got the album we got the excellent this might even be my top song of the year heart part 5 yep which is just like well it's set to this the just this great chop of uh Marvin Gaye's I want you mm-hmm. and he's just <laughs> <laughs> it's like he got every part of the manosphere right and he wanted to put it in that and he wanted to question it in that song. Yeah. He was like, All right niggas, sit down. I'm gonna talk to you. <laughs> yeah. And the video, which was also mind blowing, you know, mm-hmm. containing this deep fake of himself against a uh dark red background, where he over the course of the verses transforms into uh people we notice get into a little bit of trouble this year, mm-hmm. be it Will Smith. Be it Kanye West. Yep. uh, Who else do we have in there?
1: Well, later. I mean, when the when the verses transition, I mean, he's Nipsey. He's Nipsey, and he's
0: talking about these people. He's 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 actively, you know, addressing these people um, as he's like raps about them. It's it it was kind of like a it was it kind of came out like a like a lightning bolt a little bit because I was just like I didn't expect him to be that nimble yeah but so precise yeah it it was just like that that record in itself is stronger than a bulk of what's on the actual album Mm -hmm. but the album in itself is just all-encompassing and it's just i think it's exciting just to see a black man in 2022 decide to get it wrong on paper and, like, have that conversation with us all, right? Yeah. He's he's not right, you know. Not everything he does on the album is the smoothest uh, or smartest move, you know. He's, he's not your savior. He is not your savior. <laughs> never was, never will be, right? But, and, and, and then he has, like, moments where, you know, we get the repeated F-slur on Auntie Diaries. Mm-hmm. We have a Kodak Black feature. Mm-hmm. You know, and all the uh, Allegations as to what he's done Just just is General niggadry. Yeah. <laughs> um, but But these things are also paired Alongside, you know, like Mother I Sober Which is just like <laughs> Next to the Hard Part 5 is easily Like the deepest track of the year Or like yeah. the, just The deepest exploration of like Self this year yeah. Um You have, uh, We Cry Together, which is a track that you just didn't think was possible until you heard it on the record. And you're just like, aside from being like sort of a bop, sort of a toxic bop, it's also like (laughs) unlistenable. (laughs) Yeah. Like you could go through the track, go through the track list again and you'd be like, all right, I don't, I don't need that again. But also like, how is it? It rhymes, it's on beat, it's in- energetically performed. Taylor mm-hmm. Page comes out of nowhere, it's just like top female rappers of the year in one <laughs> track alone. It's 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 like a wild experience. And then you got like he's he gives you also the bops with like, you know, N ninety five. Yeah. And uh I'd say Purple Hearts is like mm-hmm. even though it's kind of it's kind of goofy, I think Purple Hearts yeah. is kind of goofy, but it's still like a banger, you yeah. know? You I can mean, put you that can... on it, it's still like it hits
1: you got Count Me Out. you got Rich Spirit. Count Me Out.
0: Yeah. Rich Spirit is, woo, I, I feel that here, you know? Yeah. I'm broke as hell, but I, <laughs> I feel that in here, you know? And thank you, Kendrick, for that. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's like, it, it was what renaissance was to R&B and to dance music this year. I felt like Mr. Morale was to rap because yeah. he definitely took the time to, with the beat selection, you know? Mm-hmm. With what he wanted to say and being able to be confident in not being correct, right? Be confident in like having these opinions and wanting to have those conversations, but not necessarily getting it uh, dead letter perfect, as we say in the acting community.
1: Gotta stop tap dancing around the conversation.
0: Ooh, Uh, no uh, shucking and jiving for Mr. Morale over here.
1: It's interesting. I went back, I listened to the album today in preparation Mm, for this. Um, And I also watched... I binged all of Atlanta today in preparation for this. Let's go. Let's go. Um, And both of them... We'll talk about Atlanta in a little bit, but just like the... Like you were saying, I think the imperfections is kind of what make the album what it is. Because when I initially listened to it, I liked it. I -hmm. wasn't quite sure how to feel about it. I know there was definitely songs that I was like, I don't know if this is it. You know? Uh... And then I was like, I'm gonna go back and listen to Damn again. <laughs> right? Listen to you know, some of the other records. Because it is on top of everything you were saying, I think it's also such an intensely personal piece of art that yes. it's not something that you can just turn on and listen to. You know what I mean? Like Renaissance or even yeah. just some of his other records, where even something like To Pip a Butterfly, as much as it is talking about himself and, you know, just, like, blackness in general. And, and then I heard you like, in the
0: club the other day. Woo, that's my yeah. heart. No, never, never heard that. In the club. <laughs> you <laughs> know, it's still. It's I, still, I'm sorry. I, yeah. Well, well, I, you can't hear in the club. Anyway, go on, go on, go on.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it's still something where it's just like, yeah, you're listening to, you know, those records, and it's still something that you have to kind of sit with and, like, think about and contemplate. But this very much is just, like, him stripped bare telling you. Yes all of these things that have happened to him in his life. I mean, throughout the records, there's definitely a sense of just him always grappling with not only where he stands in his community, but just like, I left, <laughs> you know what I mean? I left Compton,
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: And I, but I didn't, you know what I mean? Like I got out, like so many people weren't able to, but also like, I can't leave because my family's there <laughs> right. and my friends are there and I'm constantly grappling with survivor's guilt but also like what does any of this mean you know what i mean like right. I have what does to, my
0: fame mean yeah where, where do i stand with my brothers with my people you know
1: you know because he's still he'll come on you know like family ties and be like smoking all your top five you know i'm out here i'm sure. killing everybody sure. you know all of that stuff but then you know i think he's having that that whiplash back and forth of like you know all this flexing all of this stuff like mm. you know i need the money because my family needs the money because you know, people in my community need the money, but like, it's not really bringing me happiness. It's also bringing me into, you know, he talks very openly and candidly about his relationship with Whitney the mother of his children Mm -hmm. and like how that has gone through many ups and downs because of his fame, because of his, you know, addictions and, um, you know, just his relationship to black women specifically, you know, and how that has had many a different, you know, iteration
0: and, My my man was going through a a snow bunny phase, as uh, Dr. Umar would say.
1: (laughs) But it's fascinating because it's just like, how often do you see somebody so famous, so venerated, uh, so held up, strip themselves willingly like that for you to see, you know, and it's it is uncomfortable at times because you're just like, you know, that's that's all of that seems so personal, you know, and it's not even like he's putting it out there like, Against his family's wishes, or you know, whatever. Because I mean, even something like you know Jeanette McCurdy's book that came out this year. I'm glad my mom is. <laughs> that's dead, crazy. Like, <laughs> be, the title's crazy. <laughs> you know, it's just one of those things where it's just like, damn, <laughs> this is like, I don't. I mean, that's just. It seems toxic on its surface. You know what I mean? Just in terms of it, the book itself, from what I've heard, right? It's you find out
0: later. You know, no, but, the toxicity came from her mother.
1: <laughs> but there is just a level of like, wow, like I, I don't know if we've ever and specifically, so this is this is kind of tying into everything that you're talking about because one mm. rap, right? Like hyper masculine yeah. like, you know, elements where you've got you know songs like Father Time where he's talking about, you know, like his relationship with his dad and like just the ways that all of this toxic masculinity plays into breaking generations of men. Yeah. Um and you know, none of this is healthy. And he's obviously a father two times over now. And he's just thinking about, well, I have a son, you know, how do I what do I do now? You know that I'm in this position. Mm -hmm. Um you've got songs uh like uh Auntie Diaries, right? Where it's like
0: talking about his uncle.
1: Totally Incorrect in so many ways. <laughs> Beyond the slur, like he's he's dead naming his his aunt and like right. doing all kinds of other things that but I think it's coming from a perspective of and I think part of what he's doing on the album is he's not talking to people who I think maybe necessarily already agree with him. Right. I think he right. is he is trying to reach across to people because again he's talking even on N ninety five, you know, tolerating old friends when they're toxic right like he's he's very aware of where he came from and the way that people think you know where he came Mm -hmm. from and they're not necessarily looking down on them or saying that oh you know everybody back there where i came from is backwards or they don't have you know the the education or the enlightenment that i do because i've gone out and i've seen the world but it's just like yeah in our communities these are the ideas and beliefs that certain people hold And like i'm going to try to talk to you directly in the way that you know, I know that you'll hear me whether or not you accept what I'm saying is, you know, yeah. whatever on you. But like, this is how I know how to communicate with, you know, people that are, are probably coming at this from a way that I use. Because, I mean, the thing about Auntie Diaries that is conflicting is it's not even just that he's rapping about his aunt, but he's rapping about it from the perspective of like, this is the journey that I went on. So I, I, right. I did use as say his this. family member. Yeah, as his like,
0: family member, as a person who loved him and he loved. Yeah. This is how I'm coping with this and like coping with my uh, views towards a lot of the queer community, you know, and changing yeah. my views on that. And like, hopefully, and, and, and I, I think it's a wonderful use of platform, mm-hmm. right? I think th- I think this is what I love about this album is that it's a wonderful use of platform because it's not necessarily like, I'm not out here to change your minds. I'm out here to tell you about the world that's changed around me. Yeah, and you're in that world too, right? You're listening to my record. You're in that world too, and to see that world change and to change with it is stronger than being the antagonist that a lot of people seem to want to fill the role.
1: Yeah,
0: when it comes to hip hop and rap, you yeah. know, con- contemporary rap and hip hop, which is just like don't acknowledge it or fear monger hate Mm -hmm. you know and and he comes at it from a place of love but a place of like actual like i used to misunderstand it i used to be confused about it i used to not know you know how to engage with it and now he feels like he he has a better grasp on engaging with it but you know yeah using this song to be a teaching moment i guess
1: well and it's i mean it's it's a little bit off of uh you know the the final song off of to pimp a butterfly um Mm. where you know mortal man where it's just kind of like you know i am an imperfect messenger you know what i mean like i am saying things or i'm learning and growing and going along life the same way that everybody else is and i'm i might fuck up are you still going to be around when i do that you know are you still going to ride you know when i maybe stumble along the way like uh, are you still going to be able to receive the message and i think that's you know just a, a interesting cultural idea of just the idea of again shout out to wherever junior and perfect messenger streaming on i think paramount plus <laughs> um, that's right that's right <laughs> um like just because somebody is delivering a message in a way that maybe isn't the way that you would prefer them to do you know but Does still it, ultimately saying what you agree with you know or right. trying to get across the same sentiment and idea you know do we do we receive the message even though maybe it's not coming in the packaging that we would ultimately like to receive it in and right are we still are we able to accept and then pivot around because even the discourse around that song in particular there was a lot of people who were like very angry at him for that there are a lot of people Rightfully who so. are like and that's a because thing. they heard
0: it the way they heard it
1: they heard it the way they heard it and you know even when we when we talk about you know intention right? Mm-hmm. Like your intention isn't always reality, right? You might intend to do one thing, but then people mm-hmm. will say, I don't like that. <laughs> you Everybody's know? Like,
0: different. We all receive it differently.
1: Yeah. So you yeah. might, he, he definitely had good intentions, but his good intentions don't necessarily mean that it was received the way that he wanted it to be received. And there are people who, you know, have kind of gone back and forth and, you know, had to, to think about, okay, is Nobody else is doing this, right? Like Jay Cole isn't, you know, talking about this, and Freddie Gibbs isn't talking about this, and Eminem, you know, you know, did us. Did Damn his sorry thing I with, ain't talking with, about this. Well, he did his thing with you know Elton John and whatever, but like you know, in oh terms my God, of yeah. the,
0: I guess so, yeah.
1: the LGBT community, I mean, like either it's like you know actual LGBTQ rappers, you know, have had to be the ones who came out, or Macklemore.
0: <laughs> you <know>? no so
1: <laughs> no for kedrick lamar one of the biggest rappers period and ever you know to come out with a, with a song that is not just pro you know uh trans but like speaking specifically to how his views have changed over time right and the way that he you know loved his his aunt unconditionally you know what i mean from the mm-hmm. start and like just was was grappling with it as a young man and and you know turning to this point in his life you know it is tricky because like you could certainly say that's great but you can also say I don't know if you should have done
0: it like that you
1: know but I think right. that's part and I of, think
0: that I think that might be the response the the large response
1: yeah but,
0: but I think that's what through.
1: that's what makes the album though I think is is that so much of it is like very much so a, a deeply personal messy it's not like um What's the What's the Marvin Gaye post divorce album here, my dear? yeah my dear. Yeah, it's not necessarily like that, you know, and like the rawness of like, hey, look at my, look how fucked up my life is right now. I'm going to Make an album about that. <laughs> uh, but it is very much so just like the a, album. Yeah, it is. It is not something we often are, are privy to, you know, just in terms of somebody stripping themselves bare like that, Yeah. in an honest way, you know, not trying yeah. to not trying to say, hey you know i've been through some things too guys it's like no i've i'm not perfect at by any stretch of the imagination and you should not look at me like a perfect being like you should really question me too like i think that was part of what he was trying to get across it's like i'm messy like y'all are messy and like you know <laughs> no matter how much money i have or you know whatever influence i i, I may have you know i understand that uh you know, being idolized in the way that I am probably isn't good for me or you, <laughs> you know? And right. there's is there a different way to do this? I don't know. You know, we'll find out together. I think it's kind of his, his sentiment.
0: Well, speaking of change and speaking of growth, uh, another rapper who I thought just did an excellent job with like growing in their discography and their sound and created an amazing record this year, I thought was uh, Denzel Curry with... Mm-hmm. Well, I'll say two, because these two kind of, you know, are side by side in terms of, like, growth and changing in a discography. Um, So, yeah, Denzel Curry's Melt My Eyes to Your Future. And also, Jid's The Forever Story. Yeah. Just, like, these crazy records that (laughs) I feel like, you know, in a year where Kendrick Lamar and Beyonce released, like, these two records shouldn't even be, like... In the conversation, they should just be like, you know, in another yeah. year, they would just be like the loudest records in the room, right. but these two are just like simmering underneath the juggernauts and mm-hmm. like, they're so great and they, you know, like for Denzel, you know, he decided, you know, he used to be such an aggressive rapper, you know, with uh, the Taboo record and the stuff that came before that, the Imperial record. Uh, This one is like going for more of a jazzy sound. Mm-hmm. With, like, sci-fi, sci-fi and Star Wars influences. Uh, he's got Robert Glasper as the uh, one of the producers, one of the, you know, overarching producers on the record. Yeah. And it just, it just unlocked this, like, other thing in him. Like, this whole other engine he had. And he's able to just be contemplative while creating this, like, cinematic soundscape, you know. Jid, too, with a cinematic soundscape, you know, Mm -hmm. both of these records just like dynamic in the sense that they have like so many different sounds like Jid singing on his record. Um, Jid's also telling like very personal family stories, (laughs) some about like his family just beating the shit out of people who fucked with his family, you know, Mm -hmm. like it's like that, you know, (laughs) for for Jid, you know, it's about family and it's about. Uh, friends and people who are close to him and the people who uh, came and went in his life. Uh, he's got uh, a tribute to a close friend playing football, the uh, Cody Blue 31, Yep. which is just like this beautifully somber song in the middle of like it's it's kind of track weird because it's like early <laughs> amongst the bops. It's like radar and then like yeah. what else? Like surround sound and dance now are like front loading the record, but then mm-hmm. you got bop cody blue 30 31 in there and she's like oh i'm gonna sit down and listen okay <laughs> oh shit i gotta pay attention oh shit this is serious but then that also leads into like the the middle section of the record which is like some of my favorite stuff on that album where you got like crack sandwich which is mm-hmm. like that story about you know his sister got into a fight and then the rest of the family was like oh do you want to fuck with us we'll, yep. we'll all run up on you <laughs> We, we stick together like that. And it's, it's, it's weird cause it's like not something that should be praised at all. We, we not should be, we shouldn't be fighting sure. each other in the street. Right. But when you hear his family tell this story, like around, I feel like I'm right next to the refrigerator. I feel like, I feel like I'm sitting right next to the refrigerator in the room, you know, and like I'm <laughs> in the kitchen and everybody's like, well, she ran up on me. And it, you know what? I said, and like, I'm just like, uh huh. Uh huh. What you do next? and then i get the next verse it's like it, it was it's very like i don't know i just felt like i was in jid's family right there in that moment yeah. um and then you know you got brother in them sister in them and uh you got a great guest verse from Yasin Bey on the back half and stars um it's just that the jid record is kind of it's almost album of the year for me it's almost like yeah. rap album of the year for me but it's like Kendrick and Jid are fighting for it. And even Denzel is honestly fighting for it. I haven't ranked my list out yet, but those three albums are like fighting for rap album of the year for me.
1: Um, Well, I'll, I'll throw some of my favorites out there and also just some, some different uh things from around the musical world. Uh, because sure. I think there's, there's a couple of albums um that I'm just kind of like, yeah, man, I don't know. Like, I went back and listened to them, and I was like, "Like you said, it's a tough year between Mister Morale and Renaissance." Of just like, yeah, damn, like those are two just like big statement albums, literally uh, juggernauts. <laughs> on, on the rap side, I would say shout out to Quelle um, Chris, Death Kwele Fame. Quelle Chris, Death Fame was was almost it was like almost the same album as Mister Morale but maybe yeah. just a bit more to the point. <laughs> you know oh, I mean? yeah. Um, you know, like songs like The Sky is Blue because the sunset is red. Sure. Um, or, uh, ooh, what was the other one?
0: The one that's in my top... It might be in my top five for the year, honestly, is uh, Alive Ain't Always Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, like in my like, top five of the year.
1: Like, both of those records, and the record entirely, you know I mean? It's, mm-hmm. it's really just about, again, like living not only just through this moment in time but also just your mental well-being and like struggling with intrusive thoughts and like having to go through you know your day-to-day maybe not always being your best but like trying your best and so and that's okay you know like not everything's yeah. gonna be great you know but you're gonna get to the next one you know and i think just
0: yes yeah, oh, go, go ahead go
1: ahead oh just saying celebrating like the beauty of not always being okay, uh, but yeah. figuring out a way to make it through.
0: I think Quelle Chris, for all his pessimism, sometimes uh, can be a really like positive artist. Oh yeah, and I think like his position on here is like I think it's like crystalline on this record, honestly. Yeah. Where it's like he's got that pessimistic attitude. You know, it might not always be great, but it is. You mm-hmm. know, and a lot of these songs are like. You know, fuck all that, and fuck all that ego bullshit. Because yeah. I'm still out here creating, and I'm having fun while I'm doing it. And I think that that ethos is just really helpful right now. Yeah. You know, and the and voice I think, too. He's got the best yeah. voice in hip
1: hop, in my opinion. You know okay, I mean? just I'm, the way uh, that he, the way that he manipulates it too. It's just like nobody's yeah. doing stuff like that. Um,
0: I don't. I you. I think you might be on on some some stuff with that. <laughs> I think you're onto something there.
1: Uh, I would also like to shout out SmiNo Love for Rent, uh, which was it's a, it's an album that I feel like a lot of people enjoyed, but just flew so far under the radar, just because. Yeah. Again, it came out at a time where I think there was a lot of other albums coming out, and people kind of looking at things. But like SmiNo is somebody who I've I've come to more and more over the years. Like when he first came out, I wasn't necessarily on it, but then having gone back, listening to past records and then this record in particular, I was like that that man is incredible (laughs) he's not just the spit but just like the 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 vocals the he can uh, sing
0: your boy can like sing
1: the melodies the way that he's weaving in and out of you know the the beat like he's he's definitely Mm. a unique artist um and 90 proof was one of my favorite songs of the year um and i think he's, he's definitely somebody who is only getting better um
0: J. Cole on a feature run, yo, again, like, what's new, you know? But J. Cole's feature run this year with uh, 90 Proof and uh, Johnny P's Caddy is, like, on the Benny the Butcher record. It's just like, dude, do it on your own album. (laughs) (laughs) The come up was great last year, but, like, do it again. Do it again.
1: (laughs) Uh, Last hip-hop record. I'll do do three quick shout-outs, because one of them I, I definitely feel like we have to stop doing this to Vince Staples. Like, yes, last year, his self-titled record I thought was one of the best albums of the year, and people were not talking about it that way, which was yeah. upsetting to me. And Ramona Park is also one of the best records of the year, and I'm not seeing <laughs> any year-end lists. And I'm just like, what are what happened? You know, he dropped very early, and he dropped before both Renaissance yeah, and think, Mr. Morale.
0: I think he dropped in January, honestly. Yeah. But Which is it's, funny because like a lot of that music felt like summer music. Yeah. And like magic had already hit when it was like February. I was like, bruh, we got like a four more months until yeah. June.
1: Well, it's it's another one of those things where he is he is giving you like life. You know what I mean? Like his yeah. albums are not fun in a lot of ways. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're all about the dead homies and, and just kinda his his homies. his mentality, but it's just like Again, he's such a unique and singular artist and like that record was so West Coast, but also like just such a a great work, like body of work that I feel like we got to we got to give props to him. Um, Switching over to some R&B for a little bit too. got to talk about Steve Lacey. Steve Lacey had a big year. Gemini Rights was one of the biggest, you know, R&B records of the year. And, um, you know, I think that. It's crazy to think, you know, just from the internet, I think... It's not even that you thought Sid would be the one. I think we like,
0: all, yeah, I think we all put all our chips on, on Sid.
1: We just assumed that, you know, they right. would be, like... Because they're, they're in front. You know, the lead singer, you would think it was going to be, you know, Sid that is going to break out and spin out from the group. But Steve was like, watch this!
0: <laughs> you know. I write the songs, nigga! <laughs> yeah, and, like,
1: definitely... Somebody that I I think maybe people weren't as aware of before this record, but once yeah. it came out, it was like he was everywhere. Um So and then bad habit blew up on TikTok. Sure and did.
0: You can't stop singing it now. No.
1: Um And then, uh, ooh, there was one more R and B. Oh well, like Salt dropped five records.
0: Okay, let's do it. Yes, Salt <laughs> dropped five albums. And, and I've all only heard of, two of them. <laughs> all
1: of them are incredible.
0: <laughs> I, I, uh, I've i heard them all. I haven't, like, deeply listened to Only But Two.
1: Like, the Untitled God album is, like, one of those that's just, like, what is happening? Because, like, I yeah. am, I, you know, like, I appreciate gospel music. I'm not a religious person, um, mm-hmm. you know, but I can listen to a gospel album. But this is, like, everything that those, like, cool, hip Mega church pastors think like they're <laughs> they're trying to do which is like yeah listen to our like album about, about god but like this one was like the concept of god i thought you know it was it was really interesting that the way that they flipped it where it's like god is whatever you want it to be and like god is with you always you know and it's just yeah. kind of like that open not only an open interpretation but like the music is incredible they had a little sims uh, verse on there. Little Sims also dropped an album. Little that was Sims also, also dropped <laughs> last week. And uh, an
0: incredible, yes, an incredible album.
1: You know, Uh. so yeah, I mean pick an album of, of the ones that Salt released. Yeah, raised, what's, what's like your the, pick uh, out of the five? What's oh, your pick out of the five? I mean, it's between God Is and Eleven.
0: I think mine is Eleven. Yeah. Because Fight definitely. for Love is like, I. it's just such a beautiful song. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, And then, we can, we can quickly talk about SZA before we transition to the next one. But there's yeah. th- three albums that I want to shout out real quick. Uh, people who don't know um, Soul Glow, like yes, a, an incredible yes uh, group. Uh, they are. I don't even. I mean, you know, I I guess they are hardcore. hardcore. They're hardcore. Uh, uh, I'm
0: trying to that, what's, oh. what.
1: Well, I'm trying to remember the name of the record. Here it is, Diaspora Problems. Diaspora uh, Problems. Diaspora like, Problems. Sorry, an incredible record. They are they yeah. are a black hardcore band that made one of like the the best, just overall. Piece, like, I'm I'm big into punk. I'm big into to rock, um, yeah. but like, we're out there, but we're not necessarily always like at the forefront, you know. In, yeah. in these kinds of ways, and like to see a band all black bands, you know, basically like, well, I think the drummer's white, right? Yeah. Uh, right. yeah. You know, but like a band mostly comprised of black people be one of the most talked about records in the scene. is like, we don't get that. <laughs> we don't get that all the time. That doesn't happen. And like legitimately, like, you know, in a way that I feel like, um, you know, punk music when I think about it and hardcore music, when I think about it, Is like there's there's nothing that we should be involved in more. Maybe you know, in a lot of ways, because like I know, if 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 there is anything more central to the ethos of punk, you know, which is (laughs) anti-establishment, anti you know social norms, anti basically all of the things that they're raging against, like black people, black women black queer people should be like at the center of that because nobody's got more nobody's got more to be upset about (laughs) but also (laughs) just like but like the freedom right like we we don't get to scream at the top of our lungs
0: (laughs) that's why i that's really okay that's really why i love (laughs) fucking soul glow because Okay, so the first track on the album is my favorite on the album. Yeah, uh, Gold Chain Punk, Yeah, parentheses, Who Gonna Beat My Ass? <laughs> a, which is like the best title. And yeah. then when you hear the song, it's just like, Yeah, Who Gonna Beat My Ass? Right. <laughs> I want that to be, if I ever host a talk show, I want yeah. that to be like me coming out of the curtain every <laughs> night. Your Eric Connery moment, yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it is... Even if you're not necessarily into punk hardcore music it's it's an album I suggest you listen to because they're yeah. also talking about real shit you know what I mean like the yes. album is like incredibly well written and like the songs are i think some of the best you know hardcore punk songs in a while um and like you know i still i'm still trying they' they've been around here a few times I haven't been able to catch them, but I'm hoping. In the next year or so, you know, because they're usually around Philly, New York, D.C. D.C., yeah. so, like, hopefully I'll get a, guess, a chance to catch them. But I didn't want to shout them out because, like... Yeah, that's a great a, record. What a great record. Um, yeah. Then two other quick shout-outs. I want to shout out Koji Radical, uh, who's okay. a, a rapper from the U.K. Uh, his album Reason to Smile came out this year. And, again, he's one of those guys that I feel like just because we don't usually take rappers not from America seriously. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah, you know, yeah, like uh the UK has a lot of great right ra- I mean Little Sims, you know, included, but like yeah, um, you know, he's somebody who I think is is coming more and more to the forefront and is just a great artist in general, you know what I mean? Like he's he's been able to infuse a lot of like, you know, Afrobeat, African sounds as, alongside just like, you know, your straight up hip hop um Mm. and some pop as well and like it's it's really this is his most cohesive complete record to date um and i really enjoyed it so a reason to smile and then uh kokoro who is a um uk jazz band um unfamiliar yeah kokoro their album came out um this year let me could we be more is the name of the album uh kokoro kokoro Co. sorry uh so kokoro ko is the name of the band and like it's great i mean i've i've loved them since i heard the first record um but like they are again like the uk has a has a very african influenced jazz scene just because i think a lot of the the artists are coming from african backgrounds right uh so like a lot of that is seeping into the music that they make but like this in particular is like a great blending of I guess the, the UK scene as it stands today. And like, this is an album that I kept coming back to just in terms of, of jazz, uh, because they are just a great blend of, of different sounds and ideas. And they kind of bring everything together in a way that I feel like, again, if maybe you're not a jazz fan in particular, but if you like stuff like Robert Glasper or you like stuff like Terrace Martin, I think they have a similar aesthetic. Um, but, Mm. are you know again coming from a more Afrobeat tradition um but yeah. before we 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 get out of here we do have to talk <clears> about <throat> sisa just because it is yeah. the the last big release of the year that like
0: and it's a necessary one I would yeah
1: say. you know she's been waiting around i mean you know no no shade to Absol, you know who also yeah. dropped a record uh but like, like five
0: seconds ago <laughs> i
1: know you know like it just i mean they did that back to back like she released the week before he came out so yeah um you know i think it is it's it's maybe just a, a statement about tde also shout out to Azera shot i know the house is yeah. came out late last year and then they released right. the deluxe version early this year but like mm-hmm. you know that for people who are too. yeah for people who are like oh kendrick's gone td is over like they're still here
0: (laughs) yeah they got what they got Isaiah. rashad they got scissors album is great uh they got Dochi now yeah who's doing some wild things you got q like j-rock is still there q's like q's like i'm golfing your best hitter ain't out (laughs) we got him though
1: (laughs) he's like i'm golfing now dog you catch me on the (laughs) catch me on the course Um, catch
0: me on the what tiger hood tiger wood catch one tiger woods uh pga like 2023 yep, right? Yep, yep. with the tattoo phase yeah sure let's do it um
1: yeah scissors record i think i have to listen to it again because okay it's not that Oh, well, i think i have to i have to listen to it and i have to listen to control again and it's not to compare mm-hmm. the two although obviously it's difficult not to because not only will they both her but like control is her definitive record thus far yeah. so like oh yeah you know if you're if you're looking to see what what the growth between both might have been like um I'm always interested to see what what artists do you know in that in, in between time between records like if they picked up they don't have to completely reinvent yourself Bowie style but like is it oh yeah that worked so i'm just going to keep building off of that or is it like you know i've i've is been that, out here doing things and now I'm, Is that what it
0: feels like to you so far?
1: I feel like it is a continuation of Control in a lot of ways. Um, But I also feel like if I had criticisms, I would say it's probably too long. Um, Definitely
0: true. You could have gotten rid of like three, four, five tracks.
1: Yeah. And like, I think because it's too long, the sequencing is a little weird because like, I feel like the energy kind of drops out halfway through and then
0: yeah and then it's replaced by like attempts at other things like f2f where you get a yeah. pop pop punk song that lizzo wrote um
1: and i like that she's trying different things like i definitely not don't to say know. that
0: yeah not to say that that song doesn't work yeah <laughs> like it, I, it's cute but it, it's not great
1: but there's there's a lot of things happening specifically in that middle section before it kind of yeah. transitions back out to the original energy of the record and so um I think yeah, yeah. It's 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 a successful record, you know. I definitely definitely think it's successful. A, it's it's it a, definitely
0: has a fun. It's just got a funny middle section. I think yeah, honestly, Kinda. where those are experiments, and I'm glad I heard them, like mm. smoking on my X or F2F, yeah, or um, I mean, well, those are the ones that come to my mind right now. But it's like yeah. less less of that and more blind. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah.
1: Like, I like um, Shirt. I like... Uh, and I like Shirt, yeah. And yeah. I like the
0: singles. I like Hit, yeah. I Hate You. Yeah. And I think they're actually placed pretty well on the record, too. Mm-hmm. I think they're just, like, after a middle section of experiments, and then a a latter half that just kind of, like, goes out on a weird fizzle. Yeah. On on, a, on what should seem like it should be a big out mm-hmm. with, like, a big ODB sample. Yeah. And you got this, like, experimental beat going on behind it. It doesn't really leave you with much, honestly. Yeah. As, like, a cohesive statement.
1: That's the thing. Yeah, I feel like Control was definitely, like, her most realized record to date. And this was, like, her half in, half out. You know what I mean? Like, I want to... Yeah, I I bet at some
0: period in time, it was, like, a whole record. Yeah. uh, It probably, like, along this manifestation route, because we all know that Sizz has been trying to drop this record since, like, last year. Yeah. Like, Hit Different came out last year because it was just like, oh, we got this for now. We got this in the can. We got yeah. this in the cooker. And we've been getting singles ever since then. Um, but, like, I feel like over this last year, she was like, well, I had a couple more, you know, voice memos that I wanted yeah. to turn into. something, <laughs> And then we got all of them. And now we have a 22-track album or a 20-track album that's just like, yeah. I don't know if this should have been. It could, it could have been, like, you know, 13 tracks. And could right. have been a an excellent record. That would have been in conversation for, like, top five of the year instead yeah. of just, like, middling out where it is.
1: Thoughts on the Phoebe Bridgers collaboration?
0: Like it. Okay. Kind of want more of it a little bit, honestly. Oh, yeah. I was I was expecting it to be, like, okay, Phoebe Bridgers feature, and then it'd be something like how Jacob Collier's on the back end of... Uh, is it I Hate You? Or is it... Mm, yeah. yeah. Where, where you get, like, sampling of, like, that weird uh, multi-tonal... Uh, harmonization that he does, yeah, but it actually works in, somehow in a song. I think it is hit different, right?
1: I think so, yeah.
0: Where it's like a, already a song with Ty Sign on it, right? And it's a Pharrell <laughs> beat, and then the beat switches that is a Jacob Collier like you know orchestral session, yeah. Um, sure, but it all worked, so I can't I can't say nothing about it, and that's why with all the experimentation on SOS, I'm still like I'm still compelled by it. I just mm-hmm. don't know. If all of it worked, and even when it did work, I think it would have been better as like a Lucy or a bonus track, yeah. Later, yeah.
1: Um, well, shout out to all those records. Plenty more records that we could talk about, but uh, if we want to keep all of this in one
0: episode, yeah, I know, uh, <laughs> like like Talk, to uh, yeah. fucking Ten by uh, Westside Gun. There's yeah. still like fucking uh, the weekend. Don FM was Don FM was a big record this year. Was yeah. Oh, uh, and then there there is one that I want to shout out real quick before I get out of here. Uh, yeah. Or three. Sorry, damn, there was a lot bop, of good bop, black bop, music. Blah blah blah. Real quick. Uh, uh, topical Dancer mm-hmm. by Charlotte Adigeri and Bolas Popol. Okay, This is a French duo. They made the weirdest dance music of the year but it's like just as good as fucking Renaissance. Mm-hmm. It's just weird and actually really topical. So it's about like stuff like um, being a first generation immigrant. It's about uh, there's a song. One of the best songs on the record is about like when both of them learned about or like came into their sexual nests as humans and they put it in a dance track. It's, mm-hmm. it's just very strange, but very awesome and like totally danceable and just totally fun. Like one of the tracks is just her laughing over the beat. Yeah. And it's, it's great. Uh, that and the two other ones, my girls from 2017 made good on their promises. Uh you got records from both Amber Mark and Raven Linnae that were great this year. Yep. So check both of those out. And Ari Lennox came out with something that was pretty nice this year too. So like yeah. all the girls from 2017 made good on their promises <laughs> with decent debut records, so or sophomore records. So check it out.
1: Also quick, I mean like literally it just came out yesterday, Mike dropped a new album. And Mike uh, yeah, which was Mike and
0: yeah. Earl came out with great records this year.
1: For sure. Um, so, yeah, lots of stuff that we could keep talking about. and Yeah, you know, right. Whoa. I mean, maybe that's what the Patreon is for. You can't save us. We don't want to be, save be, save be saved.
0: You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. <laughs> we don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. Be saved. You can't save us, we don't want to be saved.